welcome to another edition of In Conversation with Ridouts. My name is Jenny Wilde. I'm a director here at the firm and I'm joined by my colleagues Laura Payton and Anna Lemmer, who are both solicitors. This, as you know now, is an opportunity for lawyers to get together and discuss with providers of health and social care services issues that are hot in the sector and things that they may be coming up against in respect of the running of a health and social care service. In this instalment, we're going to discuss CQC enforcement action, which is a really hot topic at the moment and something that we're being approached with a lot by a variety of clients. So um, let's just launch straight into that. What, Anna, can clients and health and social care providers expect in terms of CQC enforcement action? What form does that take? Yeah, um, that's an interesting question. So obviously there's different types of enforcement action. Um, There's warning notices, fixed penalty notices, Mm -hmm. and notices of proposal. with fixed penalty notices, um, there's a, f- a fine attached to them, and that can go up to four thousand um, pounds. And it's in relation to, I mean, you might get a fixed penalty notice in relation to if you don't have a registered manager. Mm-hmm. And CQC have a discretionary power to issue them, and that's if they want a provider to make significant improvements, and if they deem that the uh, provider is in breach of regulations. Um, If you are issued with a warning notice, um, you have a set period of time to make the improvements that are set out in the warning notice. Moving on to uh, notices of proposal, you've obviously got, um, they're they're different. So you can have a notice of proposal that imposes conditions on a provider's registration or um, one to suspend or cancel a registration. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just a brief overview of the different types. CQC also have the option, Laura, to pursue urgent action against providers. Um, what can that take the form of and what impact can that have on a provider? Yeah, well, there's a couple of different types of urgent action that can be taken under Sections 30 and Section 31 of the Health and Social Care Act. Now, Section 31 is urgent enforcement power whereby CQC make a decision normally to impose conditions of registration and the difference between that and the sort of regular enforcement action or the slow process enforcement action that Anna's referred to, like a notice of proposal, is that a Section 31 takes effect immediately. So just to give some background, if you were to receive a notice of proposal, the slow method to impose conditions on your registration you would normally get 28 days to respond to the CQC and make representations and an independent decision maker there would have to consider your representations and decide whether or not to uphold them and issue a notice of decision. Whereas under the enforcement powers, urgent under section 31, that decision takes effect immediately and rather than making representations to CQC, you have 28 days to lodge an appeal to the Care Standards Tribunal. So it's much more it's much urgent. It's much more urgent. It's also, it sort of takes a step out of the process. And it's also the case that you must um, comply with those conditions immediately, even if you don't agree with them um, while the appeal process is ongoing. There's another sort of enforcement power that I think we'll probably, we could devote a whole session on, and that's urgent closure action through the Magistrates Court. And that really is at the high end probably the highest and most draconian um, enforcement power that CQC have and it's basically um, immediate closure powers and you would have to um, appear or be represented at the Magistrates Court. But I think today we were just going to talk about the sort of other 
lower levels, if you like, of enforcement action because we are seeing a huge increase and I think providers would say the same and it's actually been borne out in CQC's most recent um, annual report which has been published and demonstrates that particularly actually on the criminal perspective CQC are taking a lot more enforcement action but I think we've seen it as a firm mm. just generally even with notices of proposal to cancel registration or to impose conditions on registration which could be an embargo or it could be the type of condition that removes a location that is effectively a closure. Mm. I think Anna ran through the more lower end of the scale and you, you've spoken about the, the bigger enforcement action mm. that providers can be faced with but any kind of enforcement action can have a really serious consequence Absolutely. for a provider from a reputational yeah. perspective and financially. Would you encourage providers to forcefully respond to any kind of enforcement action? Because we have a lot of clients who aren't sure and they come to us with, with in two minds, really. What would you advise? I mean, if it's unjustified, if, and by that I mean if it's not supported by the facts at the home. Or, interestingly, in relation to fixed penalty notices, at the very lower end, sometimes providers will think, oh, I just have to accept this and pay it and move on, even if, for example, you don't have a registered manager in place, that actually isn't the legal test for CQC to take action. The legal test, if you go back to the statute, is whether or not you had a reasonable excuse. So there may be, I mean, we all know how difficult it can be to recruit and retain mm. registered managers. Sometimes it's personal circumstances of the managers beyond the provider's control. And we have seen an increase in CQC just dishing out enforcement notices as soon as there is no registered manager in post, even for from sometimes for a very short period of time. But what CQC should be looking at is whether or not um, there was a reasonable excuse. And to go back to your question, well, why would the provider want to challenge that? Well, quite simply, to avoid the fine to start with, but also you don't want to be seen to be accepting being in breach of a condition of your registration if, in fact, you know, you do have a reasonable excuse because by accepting that breach, you know, you never know that might appear later in inspection reports or in further, more serious enforcement action mm -hmm. further down the line. And then just to go on to the other areas, if you get a notice of proposal, um, even if it's in relation to just conditions on your registration rather than cancelling your registration, if you don't agree with those conditions, if you don't think they are workable, if you don't think they are necessary, then you should appeal them because or or you should make representations rather in the first instance because that gives you still some level of control over the process as a provider whereas um, if you just accept them then you know they're in place and you would have to apply again to CQC to have them removed or you would have to wait for CQC to come out and re-inspect and them to make their decision that they don't consider that they're necessary any longer mm. and obviously it goes without saying if there's action to close your service then you, you know you must respond to that and you must take action as soon as possible. I think what a lot of providers will know, um, but I would reiterate, is that when you've had a notice of proposal to cancel your registration, it might be because you've had an adverse inspection report. It might be that there were things wrong at your service at the time of the inspection, but you have 28 days to make representations. And the decision maker at CQC must consider the position as at the date they are making their decision. So you've got 28 days at a minimum to make, embed and sustain improvements. And what should be happening in that interim and what we would say would be necessary normally is that CQC ought to come out and re-inspect so that the decision maker is making the decision on the basis of the up-to-date position as at the time of the hearing. Uh, sorry, as at the time of making their decision. Mm -hmm. 
So I think Anna, and in fact you Jenny, we've all been involved in cases recently where a provider's received a notice of proposal that's ultimately looking to cancel the service one way or the other. The providers made robust representations. I think in some cases there's been a consultant involved, in other cases there's been a whole new management structure. Really good solid evidence of improvement that can actually be properly evidenced. But unfortunately CQC have decided not to reinspect and have simply adopted the notice of proposal um, based on the based on the you know the position at the inspection or not properly looking at the representations. And that is a real issue. And when I say adopt, what that means is CQC then issue a notice of decision to close the home or to impose the condition. You do get another 28 days to lodge an appeal to the tribunal. I think we've done a whole other episode on appeals, so I won't go into it in too much detail, but just to reiterate that you have the same 28 days again and the same principle applies. So CQC have to think about the position as at the time of the hearing, and that's what the tribunal would have to think about. Mm -hmm. So you've got a further 28 days to embed improvements. And in practice, I think what we've seen is mm -hmm. in some cases, cases have been put on hold or stayed is the, is the term to allow a reinspection, or CQC have lodged a response um, and ultimately improvements have been embedded and, and the, the case has gone away. So just because you then appeal to the tribunal doesn't necessarily mean you will be at a hearing. I think the takeaway from this is for providers to always, always make representations. We would hope that they would be considered properly and a reinspection would be done at the first stage, but if not, there are other options available. Mm. Yes, definitely. Anna, Laura's indicated to us the importance of putting forward representations in, in kind of negating CQC enforcement action. How can providers work together with readouts or if they are doing their own representations in putting their best foot forward in a case? Yeah, I mean, obviously um, evidence is key in these kind of cases. Um, and the more strong evidence you have, um, that really bolsters your case. Um, I mean, not to repeat what Laura said, but it really is about making strong representations. It's about focusing on improvements that have been made and how you're embedding them. Um, and, you know, that's, that's really the best thing to do. So you mean when you say evidence, documentary evidence of, of care documents and new processes yeah, and procedures? absolutely. Um, evidence of strong governance systems, so auditing, um, you know, those kind of things. Great. And I guess that's the kind of thing that CQC, and if it happened to go to a tribunal, would want to see in order to restore confidence and, and negate the enforcement action that was happening. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you both. And thank you for joining us in this episode of In Conversation with Redouts. If you can think of any other topics that you'd like to hear from our lawyers on, then please email us in the details at the end of this show.